Good morning and welcome as we continue our daily Bible study reading, our daily reading through the Bible. We're in the Gospel of John, remember? And today is Friday, the 30th of October, and we're in John chapter 19. So remember, we have four Gospels, and from those four Gospels, four different accounts uh, of the life of Jesus, and, and each one of them picks up on a few more details, and and uh, from all four of those, we come up with the details that you and I normally hear about on Good Friday, or or as we, we give an account of the of the crucifixion of Jesus, and and we're going to look at the details that John gives us here. Now, I know for some that that may be kind of a, a struggle. You know, why um, uh, why doesn't each gospel give all the same details? Well, think about it. Um, if you were to talk to people and you want to find out if an account really happened, and you talk to four different witnesses and they all told you the exact same account, wouldn't you be a little bit suspicious that, that maybe they all got together and said, okay, this is what we're gonna say about this. Um, these are the details that we're going to bring out. And then, and then you would think, well, did this event really happen? You know as well as I that if four of us were to watch the exact same event and then later tell about that, we would all tell about the same event. You could tell it was the same event we're talking about, but each one of us would see different things. We would, certain things would stick out for us. And, and so for us as Christians, this just brings, um, brings true that, that this really did happen. This is an, an actual historical account. Um, and we are blessed to have four different accounts of that to fill in the details so that we might know what really happened. So here's the thing I want you to see as you look at this. Notice it says in verse 1, it says, So Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. I want you to see something. Now, I know historically as we study about what it meant to be crucified, what it meant to be flogged, we've learned all kinds of gory details about this long, drawn-out, painful, uh, uh, physical, um, uh, um, present um, uh, kind, of, kind of way for a person to die. Um, but the scriptures don't really focus on that point. They focus more on what's going on in Jesus and what he wants us to know. And it tells us about Jesus' words, and, and, and it tells us about what was most important to Jesus at that time, too. John just simply says they flogged him. Um, and, and later on it says, and they took him out to be crucified. Again, not the gory details, but what's going on between heaven and earth, what's going on between God um, and, and us, and what Jesus is accomplishing by doing that. So catch that as you read it, too. Notice, too, is that Jesus is before Pilate. Um, Pilate proclaims that Jesus is not guilty. Here's the sinless son of God who is going to go and pay the price for the sins of the whole world. God made him who had no sin, Paul would say later on, to be sin for us. He is not guilty. The sinless one dies in place of all of those who are sinners. His blood truly is, is on all of us, and that's how we are forgiven. Um, Pilate says that over and over, it's ironic that the people that should have known who Jesus was, um, the Jews and other witnesses there do not. Those who aren't even believers recognize that he is not guilty. Pilate here, later on we're going to read about in one of the other Gospels about the, the soldier who's standing at the cross as Jesus dies and says, surely this man is the Son of God. Even the demons are saying, you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world. So the whole world is proclaiming who Jesus really is. And so catch that as you read those points here. Um, as Jesus is before Pilate, Pilate, Pilate gets to the point where he's afraid there's fear. Um, we always wrestle with our fear too. Jesus is the one who takes away that fear um, because he's the sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away that sin of the world. Um, Jesus is, is uh, brought before the judgment of Pilate 
um, but yet uh, in, in a greater way, uh, Jesus is coming before the judgment seat of God. He's offering himself on our behalf, and he's our Savior. Notice it's at the time of Passover, too. Again, the lamb is a, is a critical uh, detail when it comes to the Passover. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus goes out, verse 17 tells us, and he's bearing his own cross. Think about all the times we've read earlier in John's gospel where Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We're following Jesus in the way of the cross, except that the cross that we carry isn't anything close to the one that he carried for us. Jesus isn't calling us, any, calling us to do anything that he isn't willing himself to do, and he does that as he goes to the cross. And there he's crucified. Again, very few details about the physical part of it, but, but more what's going on in Jesus' conversation with Pilate, um, and, and we're privy to hear about that and, and to be lifted up by that. Then as Jesus is hanging on the cross, the details of what happens with, with what he has left. And then one of the words that Jesus speaks from the cross, you know, he looks down and he sees his mother. He wants to make sure that she's going to be taken care of. Jesus, a good only or oldest son who is responsible for his mother, makes sure that John is going to take care of her after he leaves this world. And so here we see Jesus, you know, again, dying on the cross, suffering this incredible pain. And what's he worried about? He's taking care of his mother. Great example for us and great example to show us where God is really at when it comes to us and how he loves and cares for us. Then two more times, John records that Jesus speaks, uh, that he thirsts. Jesus is 100% human. He is, he is a substitute in our place. He does thirst. He's thirsting on behalf for us. This doesn't happen till the end, though, that, that he gives in to that. And then finally, those incredible words, three words in English, that spell it all out for us. If you wonder, are your sins are forgiven? If you wonder, has heaven been bought for you? If you wonder, did Jesus accomplish what he came to do? Well, look at those words. It is finished. And see the words, it is completed. It is full. It's done. The work is done. And if the work is done, that means we can be sure um, that, that uh, our forgiveness has been won uh, and heaven is sure for us. What beautiful words uh, from Jesus. And then to give us a few more of the details, um, is Jesus really dead? They pierce his side, out comes blood and water, a sure sign that, that he is truly dead. Um, he didn't just fake dead. This is really a resurrection. There was a death and there's a resurrection. Uh, other gospels give us even more details too. And then also to prove that he is dead, um, <laughs> you don't bury somebody unless they're dead. Joseph of Arimathea comes and he takes down the body of Jesus. He asks for that. Um, he does some of the burial rites. He and Nicodemus, two people we've heard about earlier, remember Nicodemus, John 3, who comes to Jesus, and then later on, uh, later on, then uh, Joseph of Arimathea also speaking about Jesus, and, and they make sure that Jesus is buried. He's buried in a new tomb, so the, the events are already set up for Easter morning. The women are going to come to that very tomb and where the body of Jesus was laid, and he's not going to be there. Um, again, read it. Dig into the details. Um, thank God for this for this message and uh, for your Savior. God bless you as you read.